Ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Dean. You're listening to Podcast Juice, the Prince Podcast. Notice the name change slightly. We may get into that. Uh, joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? You know, I am doing well, getting my dance on, enjoying the Saturday. All right. Also joining us is Kanisa from Muse to the Pharaoh. Of course, one of our sister shows. She's a sister. Well, how are you doing, Kanisa? <laughs> it's a beautiful day in Atlanta. I think I haven't actually looked outside yet. All right. All right. And also our social media master here at Podcast Juice, Mr. Ant Pooser. How are you? Well, I go on. I'm doing good. Feeling my Jamaican in-laws. Hilarious. Also, we have a special guest today, all the way from Funkatopia, Mr. Chris Horton. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Man, we're doing great, man. I'm happy to have you on. So, uh, today we're going to get things going, and we want to have a conversation about the recently announced deal uh, between Prince's Estate and Sony Music. And uh, I got the press release here. I want to read a little bit of that and then we get into our commentary about it. So this was announced on June 27th, 2018. Uh, and it says Sony Music Entertainment and the estate of Prince Rogers Nelson have inked an exclusive distribution agreement covering 35 essential previously released album titles from the Prince catalog. Uh, since the Prince catalog covered under the new agreement will be distributed by Legacy Recordings, which is a division of SME, with worldwide rights beginning immediately to 19 previously released album titles, originally released between the years of 1995 and 2010. Uh, so the list of albums includes the Gold Experience from 95. Uh, Emancipation from 1996, Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, which is 1999, The Rainbow Children, 2001, and 3121, 2016. Now, as well as titles originally distributed by Sony, including Musicology, which is in 2004, and Planet Earth from 2007. Now, it says additional album titles from 2014 to 2015 will be distributed with worldwide rights under the deal in the future. Uh, in addition to the album titles from 95 to 2010, the agreement also includes rights to other previously released material recorded post 1995, including singles, B sides, remixes, non album tracks, live recordings, and music videos. And then it says, there's a kind of interesting here. So starting 2021, Sony legacy distribution rights will expand to include 12 prints, non soundtrack catalog albums featuring iconic music recorded by the artists from 1978 to 1996 for distribution in the United States, which is interesting to note that it's only for America music from this period covered under the agreement includes the highly renowned albums. Of course, Prince dirty mind controversy, 1999 around the world today. Sign of Times, Love Sexy, Diamonds and Pearls, and the Love Symbol album, as well as hit singles, you know, 1999, Little Red Corvette, I Want to Be Your Lover, Raspberry Beret, and much more. Uh, with all of that said, I really want to get you guys' thoughts on this, and what do you think this, you know, uh, can move things forward for the estate and for 
fans going forward. Uh, I'm going to give my quick to stick on this. I think that this is a cool idea. I think it's a good deal. Um, one thing I noticed that this deal doesn't do the press release that the previous deal with uh, Universal, you know, they were quick to, you know, put that $30 million, was a $31 million thing up front. This speaks of no sort of money uh, at all. Not to say that they didn't get some, but obviously they're not. That's not the focus this time around on the press release. It is about the actual music, not how much was made. Uh, but I do think that it's interesting that they don't tell you what the deal was worth. Um, and I think that it's cool that there's an opportunity for Prince's later work to be, you know, uh, get some shine. I'm curious. Uh, one thing they don't do is give you any sort of release dates because uh, they said they get the rights immediately. Um, so I'm wondering, are they planning on doing like CD releases or are these just things that these albums are going to go to the streaming platforms out there? Uh, and put them that way. It doesn't make mention of any sort of remixing or remastering uh, or bonus material. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that is that they forgot to say those things. I just, it's interesting. They do not mention that at all. Uh, so I'm curious what this will actually mean for these releases. Um, and, you know, going forward, you know, you're thinking ahead of 2021, you know, where will, albums be at that point you know it's a few years away but already we're sort of at a point where you know there isn't really any places you can go buy a cd per se and there's very little if any shelf space uh in retail that is set aside for cd albums or dvds for that matter so i'm curious to see what all this means uh i want to start with our guest first chris uh what's some of your thoughts on this announcement uh, well, <laughs> I actually have uh, a few thoughts on it. Sure. Uh, the first thing, obviously, is uh, one of the things that you uh, didn't read on that press release uh, was the uh, statement from Troy Carter, who issued a statement saying that the Sony team's enthusiasm and deep knowledge of Prince's music makes them an ideal partner to release these iconic bodies of work. We're looking forward to working with the heirs and Sony on giving fans what they've been waiting for, more great music from Prince. Um, there's a couple things in there. Uh, the first thing is is that um, I, whatever happened with the Warner Brothers deal that happened in 2014, um, because this all was supposed to... Uh, I mean, granted, he was getting back his, his music as far as the copyrights were concerned, but what does this actually mean as far as, uh, you know, the distribution of these albums that have been on a rotation for a long time, uh, you know, 31, 21, and Rainbow Children and all these? Um, that's a good thing. But the other thing is, did, did Warner Brothers have, did they not have enthusiasm and a deep knowledge of Prince's music? I mean, these are guys that have been involved with him since the 70s. So I think out of all the uh, labels that are out there, they obviously have the most, uh, the deepest knowledge out of out of all of them. I mean, I could imagine that any record company that would have the capability to be able to get this library from uh, and get this catalog would definitely be enthusiastic as any <laughs> radio, uh, any uh, record label would to have that opportunity. Um, 
But the other thing that sticks out to me about this statement is the more great music from Prince. Um, more insinuates something different. Um, and I, I, I want to think that maybe there's there may be some unreleased music that may be included on some of these re-releases. That's my biggest, I, I think, uh, I, I've seen the statement floating around a couple of times that, you know, the main thing that, you know, Prince fans want right now is, is some of this unreleased music that is, that's out there. And while I'm glad that we're going to see more distribution to your point, where are they going to sell this at? I mean, cause I, I'm trying to think of, I can only think of two places that are selling music now in the Atlanta area. That's uh, FYE and Walmart. So, um, I, I guess that would be my, my two major questions. Is there going to be more music that is going to be released on these CDs, um, along with some of these, uh, re-releases of, especially these re-releases of these albums that have been out of rotation for a while, Rainbow Children and 3121, and, um, everything that was pretty much done on the, you know, Paisley Park label specifically. Um, and, um, you know, and again, back to your point again, where exactly, what type of distribution is this going to get? Uh, you know, it's just going to be uh, MP3 only sold on Amazon. Uh, does this tie in at all with, I don't think Sony and Tidal have anything to do with each other. So I guess it, it really raises a lot more questions. I think it's exciting news that we're going to get uh, a lot of this music that's going to be uh, readily accessible again. I've always wanted to pick up another copy of, of Rainbow Children at the store, but it, it doesn't exist. You can't find it anywhere. Um, so I think, unless you go to Discogs or something, you know, one of those other distribution places where if you're buying used copies. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of questions that, that really have to be answered. I, I, it just seems, to me, it just seems like a it's a great announcement. I'm excited about it, that there's going to be more distribution of this music, but I, I, I'm really apprehensive about getting excited. To be totally honest. Okay, respect that. You know, also you made me think of. I wonder what would be cool. You know, I think from a fan's perspective too, maybe the release uh, a CD release of you know the albums such as like the Slaughterhouse uh, and some of these other sort of online only ones. MPG Music Club. That'd be kind of cool if you could get maybe a proper sort of release on some of those. Um, Fantastic, yeah. Well, Planet Earth was in there, and I think Planet Earth was yeah. only given away in a newspaper, right? That's, I mean, well, it was as far as I know, I don't think it was. In the States, but, it was released through Sony, actually. Right. Um, no, well, there you go. So that, that probably could have been the, the foot in the door for them, I would imagine. I don't know, you know. Yeah, they did They okay. did Planet Planet Earth and Musicology was, was mm-hmm. uh, through Sony Columbia. Um, Kanisa, what, what are some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I'm actually optimistic about it. Um, I was looking at the Sony Legacy record label, and they have a lot of box sets that are extremely comprehensive. It has, like, DVDs, live shows. They have a bootleg label where they release um, the live show. They actually call it the bootleg series, and they have several volumes, like the Miles Davis and John Coltrane one. Um, they have it. They're pretty expensive, but I think, like you guys said, since a lot of people don't even really buy CDs, like that anymore the music industry is changing to where the physical media is less a thing the people who are going to be buying print cds at least of the fans going forward who don't already have it are going to be the ones that are 
willing to put down money like this. Because I think the um, there was a set of bon, uh, I can't remember, but it was like $170 and it had like the wax, it had the CDs, it had a really nice booklet that came with it. It's 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 a collector's item for sure. And then um, as far as things being available that have been out of print, um, of course, Warner Brothers has been putting out at least wax for a while, even before prints ducked out, where they're remastering and re-releasing like Dirty Mind and all those. And um, they've had a steady release, especially on the maxi singles, because I do keep up with the wax. And they've had stuff coming out as recent as this year. And um, the Time has a Neapolitan um, record coming out this year. That's a remastered version of Ice Cream Castles. So at least from the the vinyl perspective or the vinyl perspective, things have been coming out steadily from WB for the last three or four years. Um, and then I know I saw Lotus Flower come out recently too, even though they had an issue with <laughs> one of the last versions, they had to re-release it with it fixed. But there is steady music coming out from WB. It's just that you kind of have to dig for it. There's no promo for it. And then a lot of people talking about the Forever box set um, that came out. Again, not really publicized, but it was a nice set. It had a nice like art cards that came out with it too. So I think Sony has an opportunity here. I'm thinking about um, the Thirty one twenty one, and it, on the disc it says the music, and of course we knew about the movie that was supposed to come with it, and maybe they can put out the movie now too. And it talks a lot about unreleased music and live music. And for me, because I have a lot of the new stuff already, I'm gonna uh, be giving a lot away to my friends who haven't. I'm going to be doing giveaways on my blog for it. I'm gonna be um, really. It's about sharing it for the people who haven't heard it, because at this point, we all know Prince. We all love Prince. But we're all going to be leaving the earth soon, and we have to make sure that people continue to learn and love him. And if it's going to be streaming, if it's going to be these box sets that we'll buy and then pass on to our children, if it's going to be um, whatever it is, I'm very excited about the Sony because Prince was more than Purple Rain in 1999, and we're finally going to get people to understand that because music will be accessible enough to hear it. So that's that's my argument all right all right and also want to throw in the mix too i was you know looking up some sony stuff and i find it i don't know if it's ironic it's interesting that you know you can find uh some stuff on michael jackson and of course his battles with sony uh, later in his career and he was really going at them heavy uh you know um let me just say this the tradition the tradition of great performers from, and, and I really want you to hear what I have to say, the tradition of great performers from Sammy Davis Jr. to James Brown to Jackie Wilson to Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly. The story is usually the same though, you know, these guys work really hard at their craft, but the story ends the same. They usually are broken, torn, and usually just sad, and the story is very sad in the end, because the companies take advantage of them. They really do. And um, um, Sony... Sony, be, being um, 
you know, being the artist that I am um, at Sony, I, I've, I've generated several billion dollars for Sony. Several billion. And um, they, they really thought that my mind is always on music and dancing, and, and, I, and it usually is, but they never thought that this performer, myself, would outthink them. So um, we can't let them get away with, the, with what they're trying to do because now I'm a free agent. Yeah. I'm, I, um, I just owe Sony one more album. It's just a box set, really. And so um, with two new songs, which I've written ages ago. <laughs> Because every album that I record, I write, like, literally, I'm telling you the truth, I write, I write at least um, 120 songs every album I do. So, I can do the box set and just give them any two songs. So, so I'm leaving Sony a free agent. Um, Owning half of Sony. So, I own half of Sony's publishing and, and I'm leaving them and they, they're very angry at me because of it, but um, I just, I just did good business, you know. It's, <laughs> But, um, so, the way they get revenge is to try and destroy my album. But, but, uh, I've always said, you know, art, art, good art never dies. You know, he had this whole campaign, it was a Sony Kills music, and he was holding up science and stuff. It's just, it's interesting that. You know, Michael is obviously with Sony, and the, you know the, the Michael's estate. They recently redid their deal, got millions of dollars from Sony. You know, shout out to them to get in the bag. And now the Prince estate is with Sony. It's just you know, it was one of those things where I look at it and I'm like you know, at the end of the day, a lot of times, man, uh, these big corporations they're gonna get what they want, you know, uh, good or bad. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theory, but it's just interesting that both of those two end up in terms of where their music is sitting going to be sitting it's going to be sitting at that sony situation and you know uh it would have been interesting to see how they would have obviously there was you know, on michael jackson's part obviously was some a lot to be said from michael's own mouth about sony of course things change when people pass away but i just thought it was very ironic that wow michael and prince are essentially uh, on the same label <laughs> so just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Big Sexy, what are some of your thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, I got a lot of thoughts on it, actually. Um, going back to what you said about uh, Michael Jackson, uh, I was watching some of his things this morning about Sony, about the statements that were made, and then I just decided on my own to look into his history of publishing with Sony. Now, Sony's publishing arm which is now Sony ATV, has 
damn near everything. Now, Sony ATV is not involved with this deal, but this may give them the foothold to get involved and try to move on his publishing. I don't know. Uh, as far as Sony Legacy, they do, like Kinesis said, they do great work. Uh, I believe they're doing the Bob Dylan bootleg series, which is at number 14, I believe. And a lot of their stuff um, is available on a lot of the high-definition and high-resolution streaming sites. I know, like, for instance, over at hdtracks.com, I get a lot of stuff from them, and they do package it as, like, a regular version. Then they'll do a deluxe version with extra goodies in it. So their legacy, the legacy label knows who their audience is, and they're aiming at things. I believe they just did a Guns N' Roses release that has the regular Appetite for Destruction, a deluxe one, and a super deluxe one. Now, again, I don't know if Legacy did that particular one, but that's an example of things that they do. You know, so they'll have, like, the Coltrane and the Miles Davidson, both Coltrane and Miles, along with Prince, have incredibly deep catalogs. So this is great. Now, as far as... I I just want to throw two. You know, it's... And I'm looking through this, and I see that they have all this stuff. The only thing is, they don't have access to the vault, right? They no. just have, they just no. only released the previously released albums that we've all had. So, uh, are we sure about that? Because even the press release said live recordings and unreleased material. Would that not be the vault? That could be well, the far- live 1985 CD or DVD. Yeah, that may be things that were previously released uh, live. You know, shot stuff like you know, Purple Rain, ninety nine. Well, actually, I guess Warner Warner Brothers put for that twenty out. for ninety five four. That's not anything from the eighties. Well, that's what I'm saying. But we don't know uh, what that is. But the thing is, I'm just saying they don't necessarily have access to the vault of the years that most people, you know, are the, I guess the cherished part is seems to be still in the hands of Warner Brothers. Right? They're getting ready to put out it's a objective. release. <laughs> right. But they're getting ready to put out a release of that material, right? This specifically only talks about the albums that were previously set out. So I'm curious if they'll be able to do these bootleg type series on Prince uh, versus what may be in the mix with Warner Brothers has set to do some things like that. I don't know. Well, they'll have to do it around the stuff that they you know don't have access to initially because uh, as, as the release says, now they get things from gold experience moving forward for the most part up, up until 2010 and then when they get the prime warner stuff in 2011 or 2021 they don't get purple rain and they don't get parade so that's another thing i think that's where warner's comes in i think the warner's deal and i haven't seen it i think it staggers their interest to that point i think sony has just put themselves in a position like geffen did back when they signed Aerosmith, when Aerosmith was still on Columbia. They said, look, we'll wait till your contract is over, but once it's over, you roll with us. So once the Warner Brother expires, you know, I guess partially in 2021, all that stuff will come out, and then when they get their hands on the Purple Rain and Parade, all that will come out. And again, Legacy, as a distributor and packaging <clears throat> you know, concern, they do a great job. And when they, you know, if they got the stuff now immediately, oh, best believe it's coming out. Because yeah, yeah, Sony don't play. There's no throwing. So the real question will come, which I'm sure they are talking about, is 
and if I was Warner Brothers, I would be arguing that all of that material that was recorded during when he was with us, that it hasn't been released. If it ain't ours, we are entitled to it, right? Because normally all those record contra- contracts work. Everything you're doing during that period is for that label. So that's why I'm that's why I'm kind of questioning like to see how that works because that vote material that a lot of people talk about during those years they were recorded on the contract with Warner Brothers. So I'd be curious to see if they are like, yo, yeah, all the other stuff is cool, but he was signed to us during that. So we have dibs on that or, or, or do we own that? I, that's what I'm kind of wondering. So I, I wonder if there would be like sort of rival releases between there's going to be a Sony stuff mm, and yes. Warner Brothers stuff, right? Um, which there probably would, right? Right. Warner Brothers is getting ready to put out the piano thing. It'd be interesting to see if Sony was to come back and, well, we're going to put out the real piano on a mic 2016 version versus your 1983. So, that's what I'm kind of curious to see uh, about all that material. I don't think Warner Brothers is out of the picture at all. Like, oh, no, no, no. Not yet, no. So one thing I just want to restate, I'm looking at the Legacy Recorders website, Re- Legacy Recordings. It says the agreement also includes rights to previously released material recorded post-95, including singles, besides remixes, non-album tracks, live recordings, and music videos. The comma could be confusing, so that could be previously released of all those things, or that was just like one specific thing, and besides it's another thing. Like, I'm thinking of, for example, Call My Name's B-Side with Silver Tongue, and I'm not sure a lot of people know about that, but I think that was maybe online only, or maybe that little promo CD, but things like that, or an actual unrelease, like, is Deliverance included in this now? Things like that. Yeah, I would think anything that is owned, you know, that was, you know, recorded by Prince on his own would probably be right. game for these types of releases, which is a, be a good thing, right? And that's technically that in the vault, right? Right. But I'm saying when I say the vault, I'm talking about those Warner Brother years in the vault. You know, a lot of that right. stuff that people talk about a lot of times, you know, oh, can they, can they put out you know, the original Dream Factory or Crystal? Well, that would be, I don't know. You know what I mean? So a lot of those sort of, sort of tracks, and it'd be curious to see what happens to that. But continue on, Big Sexy. Uh, well, that's pretty much it. You know, again, um, with, with the Legacy label, and I, I have a lot of their stuff, I think now that they have it, you know, for the interest they do have, they're going to do a great job with it getting it out. But one thing, you know, you just mentioned is, and this is part of what triggered Prince's beef with Warner's, you know, the stuff that he didn't give them, you know, who owns that, you know, for instance, like the song Extra Lovable, that was recorded originally back in 82, 83, mm. so what happens to that? Now, because what really triggered Prince's beef is, you know, we know, but for, for listeners who don't know, there was a conversation Prince was having with someone from Warner's who essentially said, hey, I can't wait to get your next album because it already belongs to us. And Prince hadn't even started working on it yet. And he felt that was like an invasion of his creative privacy, which it is. So again, everything he records or recorded, who owns that, that he didn't give to Warners? That's, that's, that's a great question because are they going to do a dream factory, a Camille, what happens to the Paisley stuff? What happens to a track like Murph Drag, which is the jam? You know, we don't know. Hopefully the estate can work this out. 
I'm sure Warners will want their piece of the pie. But in, in the end, assuming the estate maintains Prince's vision on his publishing, you know, making that assumption, this can only benefit the fans. Because if you got Sony Legacy on it, releasing things, they will come out. I don't know why Warner's dragged their feet, but Legacy will come out, come out with it, and they will come out very strong. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I think um, no matter who puts this stuff out, uh, they have to do – almost feel like they got to get somebody out there to get in, get out in the press, you know, more than just a press release. But what I'm talking about is, you know, uh, there's got to be somebody who can tell the story. Of, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of things now are so reliant on the story of the artist, whoever that artist is, or that interview. You know, you look at things like The Breakfast Club and things you see on YouTube. Those are so much driven of these artists. Uh, you sort of fall in love with them because you get to hear them speak or you get to understand the, their situation. And I think with Prince, they think there needs to be something out there that can let people know that these releases are out there. Uh, beyond just a press release. And, you know, to me, I sort of feel like these press release only sort of speaks to people who are looking for that. But for the kids out there who aren't following Prince, right, there needs to be some kind of component, hopefully, that they're able to know that these, the one, that these releases are out there and why they're important. Like, wh- why you should go back and listen to this. You know, what it put, so to put these albums in context, so they're not just dropping these things and people don't know you know, the gold experience, like we understand the context of that album, everything that was involved behind that. But to somebody who doesn't, they might not even pay attention to it. They don't know what that means. Like, and, and they'll probably fall into, you know, I know what can say? Well, is this on purple rain? <laughs> right? if they don't know. No, he was going through his battles. Da, 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 da. So I hope that there's a component that the educational piece on it that puts these releases in the proper context of why they're important. Why is the rainbow children album so good, right? Not only for what it you listen to, but for what it meant, you know? Um, so that's the other thing I think they have to try and try and figure out as well. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, Aunt Pooh, I know we've already talked a lot of stuff, but give us uh, your take on this situation. <laughs> Well, my take is when I saw that, I said, oh, that's nice. I guess I'll finally get a copy of the Gold Experience because uh, eBay and the aftermarket, they they trying to rape a brother, what, $60, $70, $80 for that uh, hard press. I'm like, <laughs> I'll find it some other way. So hopefully I can get a decent copy of that at a fair price. Um, overall, uh echo one of our brothers. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach to it. Um, there's a for me, I think the majority of the fans that this would whose interest would be piqued by this might already own these uh, these tracks or, you know, there might be a small minority like myself that weren't able to get it at a fair price. So they might be like, oh, finally, now I could get it uh, for like hopefully 20 bucks. But overall, it's really not piquing my interest in a sense, hopefully they may do an expanded um, unreleased material, maybe some first takes on it, uh, some studio uh, studio one or studio two track of it. Or maybe what I'd really like 
and I hate to compare him to Michael Jackson, but similar to the off the wall, the thriller and the bad anniversary releases where in between the songs, we're listening to people, not just Michael, but also other engineers, producers, songwriters, writers talk about what went into the process of making these songs, mm-hmm. uh, giving us a background like uh, this, like um, I think with Thriller, there was a PYT demo. That was that's totally different than what was released, and you know, getting the insight of why that was tr- uh, scrapped or why he made the adjustments. So maybe if it's something like that, and I understand this is 2018, and we're moving into what 2020s. These releases can be more than just audio; they can be visual as well. Where you know there was that uh, really great Prince of Paisley Park documentary that went with Love Sexy. So I'm thinking, hoping. That as uh, Prince was making, had all these ideas from movies and was recording so much that maybe there is video of him in the studio rehearsing and putting these songs together that would make for a great um, audio video release to these. So I'm very hopeful, but on the surface with you know what was announced, I'm just like, well, let me get that gold experience and let's wait and see what else Sony has up their sleeves. All right, and you know again. I- we, we, we got to we're bringing up Michael because he's he's on that he has dealings with this this label before, but we got to keep them on their p's and q's as as a, as fans in the marketplace because I do remember there was some controversy over one of the Michael Jackson uh, albums that came out after his death, and a lot of people were saying that it was not Michael's voice on those songs, and it was Bill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know we have to keep the same energy, right? That they had on on their throat about that that you know we got to make sure that they come legit we can't have that happen with prince's stuff right so you know everything is all good and stuff until it ain't but we still have to we can't never forget like yo this is prince so he gave you enough material or he's got those albums were perfect the way that they were made you know the, especially the later ones and stuff so you don't need to be adding stuff to it or all turn around funny funny nonsense with it um so i just have to make sure we keep that too like we we got eye open goddamn we, <laughs> so what you're saying is is that justin timberlake and drake we, we nobody's yeah. calling for you to have hell no 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 i didn't no. want to go down that route but <laughs> you know, i don't know how they got access to the michael songs on this drake thing but yeah we can't have that happen uh, the, the, the bags are fun you know those are great bags I'm sure there's a lot of money be dangled in people's face but that's not do prints like that that ain't come on now. it's like an all due res- I don't want to get sidetracked all due respect go, go ahead Chris say that again what's the significance of 2021 as far as them being able to get access to the earlier albums now, I know with the Warner Brothers arrangement the Basically, as it was because of the Copyright Revision Act of 1970-whatever, that after the master recording copyright um, of after 35 years, they could get access to their copyright. The artists get access to their copyright back to their music again. And for you, it was in 1978, and... Warner Brothers realized that year after year they were going to be giving up copyrights to all of his albums. And in order to make good on it, he, they essentially gave him all the copyrights to all the albums ahead of time in exchange for the, uh, a brand new album and 
you know, there were just some other little handshake things that, that happened as a result of that. But I guess when I'm trying to, I guess maybe, the, so this new Sony deal, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of retracting and going back, but I wanted everybody to be able to, to kind of save their peace on this deal. Um, as far as the Sony scenario is concerned, again, in 2021, they're supposed to be able to get access to those back albums that he had obtained the copyrights from Warner Brothers. So I, I guess I'm just trying, trying to figure out who's sitting on these albums right now. What, what is the, what is the significance of 2021? I guess that's, that was the only piece that was kind of, kind of a question in my mind. I couldn't figure out the significance of that. I can only gather that must be the year that, you know, whether that was negotiated prior to his death that, that, that Warner Brothers uh, doesn't have distribution rights to those albums or something. I, I don't know the final answer to that. I'm just only kind of guessing at that. Uh, but that is a good question. You know, so what, and, what and is Warner Brothers going to do up to that point? Or, well, and the new album, and the new album too that he that was part of this uh, Warner Brothers arrangement because there was the arrangement was as far as releases were concerned that Warner Brothers was going to do the Purple Rain uh, Deluxe Edition mm -hmm. uh, that was going to be done and also a brand new album. Um, the brand new album did not happen, so. Uh, that you got another you got another item in there too. Like, and that we're, that's on the Warner Brothers side of things. But I'm just trying to figure out what kind of uh, I'm just trying to figure out exactly how this Sony deal kind of layers over this current arrangement that's going on with Warner Brothers, regardless of him being with us or not. Well, um, I think the new right. album that you yeah. mentioned is Artificial Age, so they did put that out. And Plector Electrum, both of those came out, yeah. but maybe it's Prince Forever because Prince Forever was WB. Does that count, or was it unreleased new album? I'm not sure. That's why I guess what I'm trying to figure out is just that was you know was everything that was in the contract as far as what was part of this arrangement been fulfilled? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I guess that was my only primary question was just the 2021 distinction, but. I guess there's really not an answer to that. I guess the estate or somebody must be sitting on those albums and plans to do something with them. Uh, with yeah, Somewhere between now and 2021, is something special supposed to happen with them that whoever is the current right holders to that is going to do something that's going to be... I, I doubt it. I, with the way things have been kind of dragging, I, I just can't see anything magnificent happening. But uh, I guess... We'll just have to wait and see. I think that's kind of been the, the synopsis of everyone. It's just just got to wait and see what happens. Well, yeah, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. It's So we do have, obviously, we know we have a couple of releases that are coming out soon. You know, the piano and the microphone. And then, of course, right, the, the album on uh, Tidal. Well, initially it'll be released on Tidal, then it'll be released everywhere else. Um, so, it, so he does have work coming out. Um I guess, again, my question is, um, I hope these albums have impact or, you know, I, I know they're going to have impact with the fans. At least I would hope so. <laughs> I can't wait for them to come out. But I always go back to, sure. you know, when Prince was alive, you know, Artificial Age. I'm looking at it now. It says, you know, and that album came out on Warner Brothers uh, debut. No, so uh, 51,000 yeah. copies his first week. 
you know, total sales at this point or that point was 66,000 copies. Like, and this, we're talking about prints. So, right. you know, a lot of cats wasn't even checking for him when he was here putting out new joints. So I'll be curious to see, obviously, when people pass, you know, there's interest that goes up. But I just hope that we can go out and support the, the releases, whether you buy it or you stream it or whatever. Uh, but again, to me, without sort of that story component or somebody trying to, to, to get out there in front of these, I just don't want them to be sort of lost in a sea of releases that happen every week. You know, I think his music is important. And uh, but I but I do love that, you know, signing these deals to me, signing these deals with the companies like this. I, I love it because it's going to put some money. I hope it's put money in the family's hands, you know, uh, at least keeping that, keeping it going for them. I think that's great. I, I just at the other side, I want to make sure that I hope that from a fan's perspective, we can get this music out there and we can get the stuff that we want to hear. Uh, I, I, I think it's great that other people that don't be in the prints have access to this stuff. I, I, I argue they have access to it now. Like there ain't nothing stopping nobody from going and listen to his albums on the streaming services, whether they know they exist or not. I don't think it's access is the problem. I just think it's been education and, and what it means. Uh, That's really interesting because I know when the extra lovable video leaked on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised at how many fans like who had like the Prince picture on their social media and everything had said they'd never heard that song before. And I'm like, the song's been around for 30 years and it was on his last album. Like, Hidden Run Phase 2 is an amazing Prince album, but I'm not sure how many people have actually heard it, even among fans who consider themselves huge Prince fans. And that's kind of my main concern. Like you said, like, we're all talking about we want music, we want music. I'm like, but have you heard what he's done already? Because I'm not sure a lot of people have. Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this 66,000 number that you just threw out. It's, it, now, are we talking about physical album sales or both physical and uh, uh, purchases on Amazon for MP3 versions? Uh, it, it doesn't make the distinction. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. So it I'm also curious to see whether well, that's also updated by humans, too. So who knows sure. what that number actually is. So, so, But I'm also curious to see exactly how that compares up to... Uh, you know, somebody who's actually you know, technically on the radio right now, because most everybody nowadays listens to albums via streaming. So it's just it's the nature of it. I, I just don't know how many people are actually going and buying physical albums. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, old school folks like us, we do. But um, I'm not going out and buying Drake's new album. I'll, <laughs> I'll stream it. You know, I'm not, you know, it's just the way that I am. I just, there's certain artists that I will because I need to have the physical copy. Um, but I think that with a lot of artists nowadays, uh, you know, that's come out in the last you know, five, 10 years, uh, their means of sales are streams and MV3 purchases. And I would really kind of like to see what kind of ratio it is on the, you know, the on physical products, but yeah, that, that's 66,000. It, it is a low number. It, it was a low number when it was announced back when it came out, right? Uh, you know, his album debuted at number five in the second week and went down to number 22. Um, and these numbers are actually coming from Hip Hop DX, which is one of those sites that does track uh, the current 
stuff at the time. Um, but you're right. You, you want to put this in context in terms of what are, is everybody else doing? Um, you know, I'm looking at something here. From, hit and run. So go ahead. Well, I know like hit and run, they were actually given away uh, at concerts. Like matter of fact, we went to go, we went to go see him at the, at the Prince piano on a microphone. You got a copy of volume two as you're walking out the door. So those actually counted towards physical sales. So, and there was, I mean, I know just in Atlanta, there was, you know, 8,000 people that saw those shows. So that's 8,000 right there in physical sales. Um, that was part of. You, you cut out, sir. Numbers. No, yeah. No doubt. Oh. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> anyways, that's just, it's just unusual. Yeah. It's, that's, that's very shocking, but you're right. I hope that the new albums do get some impact and do actually get seen and heard. And, uh, I am, I'm definitely looking forward to whatever comes out because, um, I'm, I'm assuming that even if it is just the albums that were released previously, that at least with, uh, the, uh, what Tony legacy has done in the past and the, uh, uh, how they feel about their work and how they, you know, they take pride in what they do, that they're at least, you know, in some form or fashion be remastered and, uh, you know, tweaked out and maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we'll get some extra tracks that maybe came from those recording sessions that got you know, left on the cutting room floor. I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it no matter what it is. And, and just, just like, uh, I guess what it said just before, you had to be able to get those albums that you're missing and not have to go to Discogs and pay someone 70 bucks to get it. Uh, that's going to be nice to be able to complete your collections. And yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Even this, I'm just thinking, you know, we are talking about them doing something actually like the gold experience, emancipation, Raven to the joy, fantastic rainbow children, 31, 21. I mean, I would, I would argue that those albums do not need remastering. Like they sound <laughs> In my opinion, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those no. are, are fine right. albums. I would be shocked. I, listen, I'll tell you this. They'll take them. I'll, I'll buy it just on general purpose if they actually have the balls to release the Emancipation album as it was released. Like, <laughs> if, if they, Are they going to put a, double, a three CD set package out in the stores today? I, I, I would buy that just because I don't have mine anymore. And I would crystal ball. Yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, so I would be curious to see what they do. I mean, a lot of these albums are fine unto themselves. It's just that they're hard to get. So I'd be very honest to see. Uh, and then again, you know, remastering stuff. That's that's not a cheap process. And there's a lot of work here. You're not going to remaster 35 albums like that's That's a lot of work. Now, I'd be shocked if they put the funds to do that. I, I, I would want them to. But I'd be very curious who they're going to have there to decide what to do with these albums, which ones need this, which, okay, with these tracks. I'm just very curious. Are they just going to just put them out? And again, are we thinking they're really going to release 35 albums on CD in the next five years? I'd be very interested to see if they do that. I would love them to, but I'd be very curious to see if they do that, or are they just going to re-releasing these on streaming services uh, where, you know, it's just sort of a click of a button and there's no, you know what I mean? So I, I, I'm curious to see what that means, you know, what these numbers mean five years from now. Um, I mean, I have to say that title does have most of his discography already. They are mis- They took off Emancipation. Um, 
Musicology, 3121, Crystal Ball, and uh, a couple of others uh, in the last couple of years because of all the drama. But it was like 90, 95% there, and they still have a good chunk of his music. So at least one streaming service does. But again, like you said, it'll be interesting once they do release the rest of it to the others, what kind of traction they will get if the story is missing. Because a lot of people, like you said, when they're fans of Prince, they're fans of him, the institution of Prince. And a lot of people are always like, give me the music. But it's kind of more of what he represents in the music. So that story has to go with the music for people to consume it. And I would throw in there, we are only assuming they mean the releases in the way that we traditionally think, right? There's nothing mentioned in here that they would be physical products. <laughs> so we don't, you know, we, we have no idea. Uh, would, I, would I love them to be physical products? Yes, but we shall see, right? Um, but, you know, uh, shout out to the estate and legacy. Uh, I, I'm excited. To just I'm just curious to see what it is. And, and I'll be very excited once they put a release date out there then we know what, what, what we're going to get. Um, so, um, any thoughts? I, we, we mentioned title. We also heard that, um, you know, there was a couple of the, uh, heirs who had some questions on title, uh, having Prince's music on there. And they were brought up, uh, a news report where they were saying that maybe title is fudging the numbers on, on releases, there and you know maybe they didn't want Prince's work to sort of be caught up in that alleged situation now the judge I'm paraphrasing a lot of this but you know the judges came back and said no you know I'm gonna throw that out uh, we're gonna move forward with the title deal with Prince uh, just want to get some of your guys' reactions I'll start with Ampu first yeah I'm kind of confused by the whole fudging the numbers because um, why would you care if they're fudging the numbers upwards, which would mean that you're getting a larger royalty check? Am I wrong or right in that assessment? That's an interesting question. Because <laughs> I'm just seeing that because they mentioned Jay-Z's album, Kanye's albums, I think Beyonce, and they were trying to allege that they were inflating their numbers. But I'm like, well, why would you care if the check is is still the same or greater, right? But whatever. Uh, my thing that that whole situation is it just seems like I don't think that those people know what they're doing, which that's why I'm kind of glad they signed this Sony deal, because it means that there's going to be money in their pocket and hopefully will placate uh, some of the siblings that are involved uh, with the estate so that it doesn't get to an issue where they end up selling the music. That is to me, that is my worst fear that eventually they just don't want to deal with it and they want to end up selling uh, Prince's music, which, in my opinion, again, I don't know Prince personally. I don't think that's what he'd want. He'd, he, he, I don't believe he would want a corporation owning his music and controlling everything um, just based on how he's maneuvered. But over, overall, God, I hope this just plays itself out and just, I hate to say this, but I just hope they fucking go away. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Heard it here first. Aunt Pooh. <laughs> Send all letters from the estate. I'm just joking. Kanisa. Uh, um, yeah, I think that that's just a common thing that happens in streaming. So Spotify had the same complaints. So does Apple Music. So, I mean, it's kind of the nature of the business. How do you really track the numbers? Like, does it count when you listen to it for two seconds or when it automatically plays when you open the application? Or, like, 
what exactly, how, how do you even begin to keep up with that? So I, I saw a lot of feedback about that. They're like, well, title does this and that. I'm like, Google Spotify numbers, Google Apple Music numbers, Google any streaming service numbers, and they all get the same complaint. So that that's, I think that's pulling straws at this point. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on the, uh, some of the errors, uh, thing with title? Well, you know, I, I think I was, you know, kind of looking this up and I think that one of the things that they were saying on here was one of the reasons why there was problems with the inflation of the numbers, uh, was because they were paying the people that were paying royalties. They were the people that were getting inflated were Kanye, Beyonce and Jay-Z and so they were intentionally inflating those numbers so that they would, so the specific artists would get specific royalty checks. But the problem was, was that uh, they had claimed that, for instance, like they had claimed that Kanye West album had been streamed 250 million times in its first 10 days of release. And they only have 3 million subscribers. So you can kind of do the math that, that they, the album would have had to been, his, uh, every single subscriber would have had to stream his album like many, 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 many multiple times. And that's kind of uh, where the problems kind of come, but it was kind of patting people's um, just patting people's specific people's pockets. And, and I can see where that is a little bit of a problem. You know, if you're uh, a label who's artist, you know, who's trying, you're trying to get the artist onto the, the streaming service uh, and they're kind of kind of pushing numbers and trying to get some exclusivity to some certain things. And so I think there's some things that um, I, I think there's problems that are there that that obviously cause a lot of issues for labels and artists. Uh, the artists obviously would be a little bit happy because the numbers are inflated and they're going to get a bigger paycheck, as you already said. Uh, but you know, I guess there has to be some type of you know, proof that this is, this is actually what's what's happening. Uh, as far as Prince's music being put on there, I'm not a fan. Um, and the only reason why I'm not a fan of it, I know the re- I understand the reasoning why uh, Prince even st- you know started the arrangement uh, with Jay Z and Tidal, and you know there was just better artist distribution, better royalties. Um, but I think that because of how um, how small of a distributor, I just don't want to have to get another <laughs> membership to another one of these places again, just so I can hear this music. And I'm just, I, you know, I've already got Spotify. I'm already in all in on Spotify. Um, you know, with, I just, I just don't, I just don't like the whole competing thing. And I, I think it, it's a real disservice to the fans to force them to be with a specific provider. That's, that's actually technically, a little bit more inferior on the service level than, than a Spotify or, or anything else. I just, I just think it's a real disservice to the fans, but you know, whatever is going to help them make the most money and keep the music coming, then do what you got to do. I'll just wait the extra 10 days and get it from wherever else it gets put out. Now, Chris, so, <laughs> let, yeah. me you, I, 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 let me ask you, let me ask you, what makes uh, Spotify more superior? I'm just talking about as far as the volume of music that you have and the, mm-hmm. the, um, I think that the app itself is easier to use. I think it's more user friendly. 
Um, I've tried title. I tried title for the 90 days and it was fine. It, I didn't have necessarily any problem with it. Um, they were just a little bit more expensive. I think at the time that I was there, it was like fourteen ninety nine as opposed to nine ninety nine, And it was just, uh, they had some, you know, extra HD audio options and things that were available. But, um, I just think that I would prefer to see Prince on Spotify, not because of the royalty part of it, because they suck more than title on the royalty side of it. However, um, the volume of people that listen would be there and I want more people to hear his music. And I think that you're, I think that titles, um, grant granted, I think titles got probably a little bit more targeted audience, you know, uh, not, you know, specific music genres, but I, I just, I would, I want Prince's music to be heard by the most people as possible. And I just don't think title just has those numbers to support that would or you, justify it. Oh, okay. Would that be the same sort of logic then to say like if Prince was, you would rather have Prince on a major label that had bigger distribution than him putting them out himself? Obviously, if he was still alive, we'd have to look at the numbers here because <laughs> he's going to be concerned about how much of his control he's going to have over his music. And he's also going to be concerned about how much money he's going to be making. So whatever's best for Prince is definitely the way to go. I'm just talking about it being as a user and sure. wanting more people to, to hear it. So I, I think um, I, I, I'm living under the, the haze that the estate is going to do what's best in this uh, situation. And I just kind of just have to just believe that they're doing what's best for the, the estate. So, and, and for Prince's legacy. And I just, uh, yeah, not to get away from the question. I just think that <laughs> I was waiting for you to come back around. So I, I want, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna. I do want to come back around. I, I do want to say that I, I just want more people to hear it. For sure. And I just think that if you have a, if you have a brand new Prince album and you put it on title, there's not going to be a bunch of folks that are going to hear it. Right. So Whereas on Spotify, it. it's just it's like kablow. It's like, and on top of that, Spotify. Even when Spot uh, Prince put the albums back onto Spotify, it was massive. They had all types of, I mean, just the publicity and the front page. And, I mean, they were pushing the crap out of it. And I just don't sure. think that Title just does the same level of marketing and, and uh, okay. saturation that, that uh So to go back Spotify to the question has. of the and, and again, but it's, it's got to be numbers. So, so just to be clear, so, again, it's more important, and what you're saying is that he should be on the biggest platform, right, as opposed to you know, the, the smaller platform or, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what I'm, but not, but, okay. but not to his detriment, but not to his detriment. I would never want him to do something, you know, just because Spotify is a, a, a bigger, better mm -hmm. uh, scenario as far as distribution and, and saturation is concerned. I wouldn't, I definitely would take my check out of the box if I felt like it would be a detriment to the estate or his legacy. Absolutely, but because right. you know, it's a money thing, I think. I think that's. I think that's what it all boils down to, right? It, it always it whether or not down to that with Prince, right? Uh, yeah, Prince the Ball album so, release so was a money thing. Right. Like, I can get more right, money exactly. putting it out myself than I could selling. Right, but where's stuff. where's the balance? Is sure. is the amount of royalty, extra royalty that you're getting untitled, going to balance it out over putting on something at Spotify that has a smaller royalty but a 
way larger audience. Well, I, I don't know what well, those I numbers are. Go, you, I, I, you, I don't know what that is. Right. Well, I think you go to, you know, sort of the outlook of that particular artist right now. If Prince is a guy who, you know, is more about ownership and his money than to be the right. most popular, right? So I think sure. it's, it's in line to, like, what his outlook was uh, through his career, right? So that's why I say, like, I hear what you're saying. I'm just trying to understand where, where, you, where you're coming from with it. But I think with Spotify, and I don't use Spotify. I never have. I have nothing against them, you know, personally. And I'm currently not a title user as well. Uh, I use Google Play uh, for whatever reason because I've always been with them. But I think that, you know, in the terms of Prince and, and them, you know, they may have a bigger platform, but I think if if I'm not mistaken, didn't so the biggest album that just came out as we're recording this is the Drake album, right? And going by the Twitter responses, it seems as if his album did not debut on Spotify initially; it was on every place else. Um, and right. that's yeah, the, that. the well, biggest thing. Pop now, just so I'm just to say that you know, no, well, and, and Spotify has a really bad rap about how poorly they treat the artists as far as the royalties are concerned. Right. So, but, that, so that's why I've been saying, why I, would you want I, even I, somebody I, I, to be on I, I get that, but it's just, where's the balance? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where, I, I don't know where the right answer to this is, but you've got, and then you've got title. You can say, Oh, well, that's really fantastic. But you, you know, you're also talking, you're going right back to these brand new news about them fudging their numbers. So you don't even know, What's really happening, anyway? So alleged. It's alleged, and they may all actually do that. Actually, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. But Chris, question: You said that they fudged the numbers, saying two hundred and fifty million streams and only have three three million users. But I mean, I know you have to be aware that there are people who use other people's accounts when it comes to like Netflix and Hulu, HBO Go. So why not Spotify? So it, it is possible. I can right. have I right. can have a title account oh, sure. and ten different I, people could have used it to stream Drake's new album. Understood, but you're you're talking about it doesn't take a real mathematician. It's all three million people, and you got two hundred fifty million streams. That's that's a lot. That that's a lot of streams for that individual album per user. That's you know that's okay. You I'm know, a, I'm a, I'm a what, what, what is that? Eight hundred, eight thousand streams per user. Okay. I'm, again, I'm gonna go. Number. I'm gonna use myself as an example. I have Netflix, but I think at any one time, six different other people are using my account, and we're, probably all six of us are watching Luke Cage. So even though it's one account, six different people watch Luke Cage. Yeah, but not eight hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hear you. There's, I, a, I hear there's a real big, there's a big sure. disparity. Of the sure. numbers, Let sure. me ask this question. <laughs> Let me ask this question. Sure. Why do we think that as small as Tidal is compared to Spotify and Google, Apple, we haven't even mentioned Apple, right? If it is, why do we, why is that? It seems to me, and again, I don't even use the service, but I, this what I see. Why is it such under the microscope? It ain't even that big of a player. Hmm. Like why? You know what I mean? Like, uh, wouldn't wouldn't the other ones be the ones that people would put the reports out? They actually have the platform and the numbers and da da da. But why is this one, which is probably you know supposedly artist driven or whatever, why why is that the one that's in the spotlight? I mean, facts are Prince went to them and did the deal. You can read what Prince's own words. Well, we can speculate this and that. He told us exactly why he did it. So so we don't have to argue that point. But I'm just saying, like, why does title seem to be the one that's under the microscope? 
my guess is it would be something with just uh, just comp- competition. You know, I, I would, I would, I think that when you have scenarios where people's albums are getting exclusively released on you know, a small player like title, uh, all you got to do is is a couple phone calls to Spotify's lawyers and they get this stuff going. Um, I, I can only imagine it's coming from their competitors. I mean, I, I, to your point, I don't see any specific reasoning why they're always in the papers. I don't know why. Um, but I think, I, I think, you know, part of the, the, the findings that they're, that they're discovering are interesting of sorts. Don't really, really concern me much. Um, except when you're specifically releasing Prince's new album on that service only, then it's a concern of mine. Um, but there has to be a reason that somebody's got them under such a fine tooth comb or a microscope. I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but it has to be. I would imagine it's coming from their competitors. Right. And now, now uh, so that, that, that whole report that the heirs are talking about, some of the heirs, let me be clear, uh, came from a Norwegian newspaper. Now, isn't Skype right. isn't Skype a Norwegian company? Uh, yeah, I believe uh, could well be, but it was uh, it was a, some British media firm that started this whole process. It was not just Nor- Norwegian thing. Sure. Uh, it, it, they, so there's, but we there's don't more even, people involved, it, and we don't even know the name of them. They don't have no journalistic weight to us, right? It's just a rumor nope. we we heard out there, and people running. I think I'll answer my own question. I think the reason why title is such a I guess is I see it as a threat but when you probably because you have you know uh, Beyonce right one of the if not one of the biggest artists out there whether we, you want to like that or not uh, you have Jay-Z obviously uh, somewhat of a free agent I would imagine are very powerful in business and things of that nature and then they have ties to other artists and they're able to sway people and this and that I would imagine that is a and and now you know sort of putting his weight on a digital platform I, I would imagine that's a threat to a lot of people because well we're not getting paid off of that and what if they're able to convince other artists to not give us their material we have nothing right the the whoever owns Spotify which I have no idea who that person is they the, if they one of the biggest platforms and you don't know who owned them you gotta ask yourself that, that, that's a question but you know who owns title right because that person no he doesn't go in the studio and create work and his whole platform is based off other artists other other artists work that he ain't really paying so if you have if that's your business and you got you know some of the top artists in the world over here they got their own platform that they if they want to be really greedy they keep all the music over to themselves you damn right they're going to be in the paper all the time because that's exactly what Artists always be talking about once you get away from everybody eating off what you do, they're going to want to shut you down because he's a threat to the industry. Like if he could convince all those other artists to go over and do what he's doing, then how's their platform going to survive? They don't make no music. So what they going to put out? Nothing. So their whole thing is based off of other people's work. And you've got some of the top talent in the game creating work and putting it out on their own platform. That's hell, that's hella dangerous. Like, they can put out albums whenever they want. Well, they just dropped the Carter album recently. Again, you ain't got to be a fan of Jay-Z or Beyonce, but that's a powerful thing. <laughs> they could just be like, we're just going to put some shit out. 
and we're going to make a big dollars off of it and ain't nobody else going to have it. Then they ain't eating. So whoever ain't eating, it's, oh, man. <sighs> man let's, let's get some reports out there because this, this is some bullshit. Like, how they how they going to get away? And I'm not even going to throw in the component of them being black and all that. Y'all can do the math on that yourself. So I think that's why Google is so like you see them sort of pushed in a funny light because I think they actually see them as a threat. And if they can convince other artists to go along with that type of thing, where's Apple at if they don't have no music on there? They don't make music. They best stop. So they can put a big check in front of Drake or somebody else to convince you that it's in your best interest. Just take my money and let me have your music. But I don't want you thinking that you could do this. And I think Jay-Z, Beyonce, and some of the other artists that are involved with title that's seen as a threat to those guys. And, you know, where I just feel like we have to question the, the Spotify. How long has Spotify been around? You're like, why do we even hold them in such esteem? They ain't did shit. They don't, I mean, they just created an app and they stream in other people's work, but it ain't like they actually, you don't know them from years and years of putting in work and, and trust. You don't even know who the hell owns that company. So that's why we have to sometimes be careful about why we putting such trust in these brands over people that we know actually do work. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what Prince was all about. He was like, Hey, I see what they doing over here. You know what? Pull all my shit. It may not make no sense, but I understand ownership and understand money. And sometimes it may be bigger than money. You know, he's like, I, I want this thing to grow because I understand what this actually could mean. And I know they're going to hate it. You know, so that's, that's I mean, right. But just, just go ahead. Just for the numbers, though, just for the numbers, Spotify sure. has <clears throat> Spotify has 140 million users. For sure, that's a quite that's, that's a far cry. That is Spotify three. owners just getting caked up. You're right. Right. It is yeah. like the balance conversation, like Chris was saying, because I'm a title subscriber and I love title and I love how they have exclusive print stuff like piano and microphone soundboard stuff or music videos or. Um, some of the stuff, some video on there as well that nobody else has. But at the same time, because it is only on Tidal, people haven't heard it. Because Hit and Run Phase 2 is only streaming on Tidal, only people, certain people have heard it. And it's it's a balance of, of course, Prince is not going to have his stuff on Spotify. And he'd be like, well, if you want my stuff, you need to do the work. He's kind of had that thing going always. And a lot of the model of titles kind of like MPG Music Club used to be in a way because he could put stuff up all the time and he had his Purple Picks of the Week on there. He was very involved with them up until the week that he ducked out. But at the same time, right now it's about making sure his legacy exists. And so the question that we're always faced with as fans and as a leg or the state and everything is doing things as he wanted, which means nobody would really know about him except for the people who are really checking for it. Or making sure people know about him, which would go against what he wanted, but then people would know the music. So that's going to be, I feel like whatever happens, no one's ever going to be happy about that because of that disconnect or that duality. But it's just interesting because we want people to know the music, but we also want to do it in a way that he would approve of, which I don't think would be very profitable and would keep people from knowing him. Well, that brings up a good point, though, too, because of the fact that, you know, when he was alive, he was more concerned about his ownership of his work. And and now that he's no longer with us, you have it's more concerned about people hearing him. 
and continuing in the legacy. So, so now where are we now where are we at in this discussion? Well, I think it depends on who you ask that question. I, I think to his estate, it's more about, and then this is not a disparaging thing. It's about making sure we got all our money straight. You know, uh, it, listen, his legacy would live forever. So, if, what makes more sense then? Well, it did. It depends on who you ask. Like for me, I want the family to win. I, I, I'm into generational wealth. So I want them mm-hmm. to get paper. Whether or not most people on the world listens to Prince, that's the secondary concern. That, that's for me personally, because I feel like it's worth the family keeping the fruits of labor from whoever they got that inheritance from. Now, that's just that may not be a fan's perspective. But on the other end, I say this. Yeah, his 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 legacy, I guarantee his legacy would live forever if somebody, you know, if a Sony or Apple or somebody said, here's $700 million. We want to buy the whole shot. Here's a, you know, here's 700 million. I guarantee his legacy, his music could be for, you think you want to hear his music everywhere. It'd be everywhere. Cause they have, they have a financial reason to put that out there. It would be on TV shows, commercials. It'd be on every movie, his albums be on every platform. Now his family would just get that seven hundred million dollars, and that'd be it. They'd probably go on and generate billions off of that dollar, and then everyone would hear their music, right? So I think it's a so to me it's depends on who you ask. I'm more into it so that the family can eat. Prince's music is going to survive regardless. Back then he was doing his thing in the '80s, and a lot of us didn't know he existed. It survived then and, and flourished. It'll survive now. You know the music ain't going to go nowhere. Who controls it is the question, in my opinion. Because every, it isn't always about being the most popular person. But great stuff, which Prince is great, it's going to flourish on its own. It's going to be organic, no matter if it never comes out on the top brand. He was doing stuff in the 90s where a lot of people didn't hear. The stuff is dope. Some people are hearing it now. It it, it, it trickles out. We, we, you know, we meet people every day that were not Prince's fans during the heyday. They weren't Prince's fans in the 90s. But now they're just now getting up on them. How did they? Because they heard a song somewhere or I saw this and never paying much attention. So it's going to get out there. But again, who owns and controls? Who's going to reap the rewards of that? But so I think the answer to your question depends on who you ask and what their opinion is. Now, for somebody else, it may be I want everyone to hear it. You know, I want to strike a chord in a balance, which is which is great as well. But I just think that. Uh, I, I'm just. I just. Well, the reason why I said it, that it's about obvious. ownership. But go ahead. Well, the reason why. Go ahead. The reason why I said that was because of the fact that obviously they're not really the ownership part of it is really not too much a part of the equation anymore. It's who's going to get the most better distribution and who's going to be more passionate about getting this out there. Because I just find it hard to believe that if he was here, that all this would be going on as far as jumping ship to. You know, going from Warner Brothers to Sony to, to this, that, and the other. I just, it just seems like this isn't in alignment with what he would have wanted. So well, I that's think what this, he did, that though. particular component but, of it. That, that's what Prince did. He jumped to the bag, right? He went, uh, Warner Brothers, and he went, okay, I'm going over here to EMI. They're going to give me a check for what I want. They, okay, that's done. Now I'm going to go over here to Columbia. They're going to give me a check for what I want. And then I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to get that check. And then what happened? The check came back to Warner Brothers. Oh, they're Warner Brothers now. They want to give me check and I get ownership. I'm going right back over there. <laughs> so he always was jumping to, but he wanted to have ownership. 
even if it looked like he was taking an L, he was like, hey, I may not be selling the amount of records, but I'm making more. I'm number one at the bank. I, I'm key, I, I own all this stuff. Well, how come you don't put that out, Prince? Well, I don't want to. That ain't what I'm feeling. I own it, though. It's mine. I put it out when I want to. It didn't have to make no sense to nobody else. It made sense to him. He was still making millions of dollars. He had all his stuff was being taken care of. Oh, I'm going to just go on the road and get this paper. So I think he was always about the bag, and that's not a bad thing, <laughs> but he always jumped shit. No. And I, I, I guess, yeah, to, to your point, I just hope that just, just continues in that. We're just, uh, just, just hope for the best. That's what we need to do right now. So that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. I feel you too on that. I feel you. I just, you know, that's what I said. We just always got to remember when he was alive, a lot of people wasn't fucking with him like, like how we would like to. Now, of mm-hmm. course, there's always changes when people pass. Now everybody, you know, put this out. We're going to put this out. Now you can go again. You ain't got to, I ain't got to be the one to tell you. You can go pull up his tweets. <laughs> you can go pull up what Prince said. How, Prince, how come they ain't putting out Purple Rain Deluxe? Or you can go ask Warner Brothers about that. I already turned that in. So I ain't got no other. And so you can go talk to him. So he already, it's, it's already like what it is. But we know when people pass, now they start to see the value. Oh, we're going to make some money off of this. Yeah, we're excited. We want to do that. We're putting out this now. We're putting out. So it, but that's just the nature of the game. But I just think when you, when you get to that part of the game, to me, it's important that the family is the ones who get the bread off of that situation because that's just keeping it in the family. That's my opinion. It may not always make a lot of sense. It may make sense for some people to just, man, let's just go get that big check and wash our hands of it. But I always think there's other, there's so many ways they can make money because they have such a lot to work with. It's just that it's tied up in all of these different companies. You know, you got Warner Brothers, then you had Universal for a little bit. That didn't work out. They had to get that money back. Now they getting with Sony. And also they have some disagreements. It seems like within the heirs of which way to go. There's certain people that want to do this. And so the family got to come together and then they can start making these moves. But I'm rambling. I'm happy for Sony. I'm happy for this state. How about that? That's where big, it's at. Big Sexy, I don't think you got in on the title thing. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm one of the few people, like yourself, Michael, I don't use streaming. I don't give a damn about streaming. Streaming. The thing is, though, I think what Sony's is really hinging their or hedging their bet is, I was looking at some of the legacy packaging and box sets. That's aimed at people who want to actually own this music to me, and I could be wrong, but to me, a streaming service is like AM radio back when I was a kid in the car. You know, you're not paying for it. It's just there. So when people say, well, I'm streaming X numbers, nobody cares. You know, are you making those sales? No. So if this legacy thing will lead to purchases, like Mike said, you know, if this leads to purchases to put money in his family's pocket. Great. You know, now as far as the beef with the heirs and this whole deal about fudging numbers, it's like Ann said, if they're fudging the numbers up, shut up, you know. But I've said from day one that this group of heirs is getting bad advice. Now, I don't know who that is. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but they're getting bad advice. And the 
person they are listening to definitely has an agenda here. So they need to not be led astray by this person and let people who know what they're doing do what they do because this is the same group that had a problem with the music being moved out of Paisley over to that storage facility in L.A., which was the best move that could have happened. So to, to steal from Ant, they ought to just shut up and go away. Damn. Well, all right. <laughs> Shout out to this state. I ain't trying. I don't want no smoke. I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, um, any other last things, Chris? Any other uh, things you wanted to bring up on this? Chris. Oh, did I lose Chris? Uh oh. Well, you might be muted, sir, but uh, you're still with us. Um, so essentially he, what she's saying, Mike, right. is can they sell it? <laughs> yes. And, and I hope Legacy can. can sell it. Yeah. Well, I th- yeah, I, again, I'm not mad at it. I, I think it's a great thing. I just h- hit me up when they put a release date, and I'll be there to, to support it. It's simple. You know, simple. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll be all over it. When they do the HD tracks high resolution, like they did his first six albums, which I happen to have, in high resolution, I will get these as well. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm back. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem, I couldn't man. get my phone up on mute. <laughs> my screen wouldn't come back up. I'm trying to mute so I don't so you don't have to hear all the extra things. Uh, no, nothing extra. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All that waiting for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got confirmation. Sorry. He didn't get taken out or something. I was like, "What's going on?" No, um, no, 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 taken out. My phone took me out. Uh, well, while we have you here, uh, how is uh, Funkatopia going, man? With any any things, uh, big things coming up down uh, down the line for you guys? Uh, yeah, man, it's been going fantastically well. Um, we've been, you know, we have the uh, Funkatopia radio show and uh, Funked Up app. You can, guys can download the Funked Up app, and you can listen to a lot of Prince on the radio station. We have Prince blocks from six to twelve uh, every single day, Eastern Standard Time, both six to twelve. So it's like twelve hours of Prince music every single day. The ASCAP licensing fees are killing me, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, it's listener supported. It's a great, you know, it's got lots of listeners from all around the world and, you know, people are loving it and you never realize how many people are listening until you get to like an event like the celebration where people are coming up to you 24 seven. It's awesome. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's, it's been fantastic. Got a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good traction and, Okay. I'm happy to hear, you know, folks like yourself that are just, you know, keeping the ball rolling, and it's, uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving hearing the, hearing all this activity out there. Now, now I'm gonna be on my Kanye. I'm gonna be on my Kanye. I'm just joking with you. So this is, it's in jokes, but <laughs> Houseway, it ain't bigger than Spotify. See, I was messing with you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but it, but it's a very target audience. It's a very target audience. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who was it targeted now i'm just messing all right no shout out to funkatopia definitely i support man i love it i love what you're doing that's uh, phenomenal uh also we we got uh we, we're gonna give us some some props and pounds here uh kinesis show muse to the pharaoh is is, is you know, rising like a phoenix um <laughs> for those who i don't know if you're listening to this feed you already know it but for those who may be listening otherwhere other places uh tell us about 
Muse to the Pharaoh. What, what is that show about? Yeah, so basically it's talking about Prince from a female perspective. So uh, I have some of my friends from Tumblr come on sometimes. Um, our first episode was about how our lives have changed since Prince ducked out, which has been interesting ride since then. Um, I had one episode where I talked to people or women who worked at First Avenue from 1982 to 1986, and they shared their experiences with watching Prince perform there or seeing him around town and encounters with him. And then our last episode was myself and Erica talking about rap in the Prince discography. We were trying to talk about some of the songs that are less talked about, not the Days of Wild, but more like Funky Bald Heads type stuff, um, just to shine a light on some of the other work that people may have skipped out on. But Generally, we like to talk about topics that are less talked about on the main podcast, and especially from a female perspective, um, whether you're younger, like most of us are our 30s, lower, or upper 20s, and then pulling in some aunties, <laughs> just, you know, to help bridge the gap to introduce them to new audiences. So check us out. Right on. You check that out right here, podcastjuice.net and, and all the other cool places. Um and also, I want to take the time to give out some shout outs to to all the other Prince related shows out there. You know, we we tip our hat to Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, we tip our hat to the Violet Reality, uh, to Peach and Black, uh, Prince's Friend. Um, is there something else that I am not remembering right now? Music snobs. Music snobs, of course. Um, PrinceSongs.org. Oh. Is that Doing um, his covering of the discography from the beginning. Yes. And of course, uh, D'Angela with uh, Grown Folks Music, when they do their Prince uh, podcast over there. And in the, um, God, what do you call that? I was going to call it dystopia. Way out. Grown Folks Music? No, 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 no. no. Symposiums, excuse me. Oh, oh, yes. Shout out to the symposiums that she puts on. Um, And just everyone that's uh, out there doing their thing. Paisley Five and Dime. Uh, I can go on and on when I start to say that. Purple Underground. But uh, all of it matters. All of it goes into this soup of education and and celebration of Prince. And, and I know I love it. So I hope everyone else does, too. Uh, shout out again to Chris for joining us. Funkatopia. Uh, Big Sexy and Sack. Aunt Pooh. Uh, shout out to Kanisa. Shout out to all those who are not here today that are part of Podcast Juice. And lastly, shout out to you, the listener for helping us keep it going shout out to all my patreon people out there um my name is michael dean as i always say work it like a job we'll see you next time peace